O God, how manifold are your works. With wisdom at your side, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There lies the great and mighty sea, teeming with living things, both great and small. Upon its sails the ships, and there is the violin, the monster you made to play in it. All these look to you, to give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather up. When you open your hand, you fill them with good things. But when you hide your face, they despair. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. But when you send out your spirit, they live again, and you renew the face of the earth. Bless the my soul, the May your glory, O God, endure forever. May you rejoice. When you look at the earth, it trembles. When you touch the mountains, they smoke. I will sing to God as long as I live. I will praise my God while I have being. first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of Christ. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. This reading is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. Each of them. Each of them. Each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, Spirit God's, God's Spirit. The Spirit, Spirit God's, God's Spirit. And they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. To God be all honor and glory forever. 
Jesus is Lord. Thanks be to God for grace and mercy. The law of the Lord is perfect. All honor and glory belong to Jesus the King. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that I hear it in my own native language? How is it that I hear in my own native language? We, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does, what this, does this mean? mean? What, does what, does this mean? Mean? what does this mean? But others sneered and said, They're filled with new wine. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these ones are not drunk. Not, not drunk. drunk. Not, not drunk. As, as you suppose. For it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No. This is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Through Joel. The, the prophet, prophet Joel. 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 In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. All flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. 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 Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit. My, my spirit. spirit. My, my spirit. And they shall prophesy. 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 And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs in the earth below. Blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming, before before the the coming, coming of the Lord's, Lord's great and, and glorious day. day. Then everyone, 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 who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> so it's my uh, delight to introduce uh, the Reverend Paul Hoffman. Paul has been an ordained pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America since 19... 19- 82, three years before I was born. Uh, <laughs> Paul has served several congregations in that church, but spent the largest part of his ministry serving Finney Ridge Lutheran Church in Seattle for 18 years uh, from 1996 until his retirement in 2013. And uh, he lives there with uh, his wife, uh, Donna, who we're also delighted to have with us this morning. Um, I first met Paul 10 years ago at the Festival of Preaching in Seattle. He doesn't remember me, of course. I remember him. He was the famous guy. I wasn't. Uh, he, was not only, <laughs> he was not only the organist and song leader, but he was also presenting on his congregation's adult formation process called The Way, named after the early Jesus movement depicted in the book of Acts. 
patterned after the early church's process for bringing new Christians to baptism, the way renewed and revitalized his congregation for mission in Seattle, one of the most skeptical and secular places in North America, with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course. Um, so I bought his book, and I was blown away, thought it was awesome, and then did nothing <laughs> for another eight years or so. And little did I know that God was planting some seeds that would eventually sprout. A couple of years ago, uh, St. George's hired uh, Anthony B. Robinson, a well-known and respected pastor and consultant, to help us discern the future of our congregation. And little did we know that uh, Paul and Tony were good friends, and they are good friends. And one of Tony's suggestions was to adopt some form of the way as our congregation's adult faith formation process. I'd already bought the books eight years ago, so prior, so why not? Um, all kidding aside, though, um, what Tony told us, and Paul, him, uh, we did what Tony told us, is what I said. We do what Tony says. And Paul himself uh, zoomed in regularly as our guide over eight months as we convened Sunday nights for home-cooked food and broke into small groups to listen to the scriptures and pray for each other, beginners in faith and newcomers and wise, mature disciples of Jesus alike. And you know what? It, it worked. It worked. The climax came at the great uh, Easter vigil where we were joyed to, ha joyed to have nine baptisms and ten baptismal renewals. We would have considered three to five a resounding success. Um, so uh, we are eternally grateful for Paul to our help. And Paul said to me at the beginning of our conversations that the way is the kind of thing that you got into ministry for. And uh, he was right. He was absolutely right. And it was simple and straightforward, not too fancy, but the Holy Spirit moves and works in communities who gather in Jesus' name to listen for his voice and to love and pray for each other. And it has been a huge blessing, and we're planning on doing it again. So please, if you are out there, speak to me after the service. And uh, we already have a few people that are, are interested and ready to sign up for the fall. We're going to do it again. So um, we're looking forward to that. So friends, let's give a hearty St. George's welcome to the Reverend Paul Hoffman. <laughs> Grace to you and peace, in the name of God our Creator and Christ our Redeemer and the Holy Spirit our Sustainer. Amen. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. They started using words like candidate and sponsor. Their announcements and publications talked about this thing called the way. And when the pastor slipped and lost his vigilance, he was even heard to mutter catechumenate. There were new people, at least new roles that entered their vocabulary, catechist, candidate, sponsor, affirmer. They, you, began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave you 
ability. About a year ago, you began to speak the language of an intentional adult spiritual formation process. I think here you say process. Speaking in other languages as the Spirit gives me ability. <clears throat> and all were amazed and perplexed, saying, what does this mean? Yes, that is the question. What does this mean? I have only observed the St. George's Pentecost miracle from afar. From a different country, in fact. I have only observed it from afar, so I don't know entirely what it means. But I do know at least some of what it means. Your new language, your new way of thinking about things and being church led you a few weeks ago to an Easter vigil in which nine new Christians were welcomed into the community of Christ. And in addition, ten other siblings renewed their faith and followed a bend in the road to which through you, through you, they heard Christ calling them. As it was in that first Pentecost, while the resurrection and ascension of Christ were still fresh in the senses of his earliest followers, I'm guessing that you have found this alternatingly amazing and perplexing. And by this, I mean this intentional process of listening to the scriptures together. This new thing of raising your hands in blessing over one another. Verbally renouncing Satan. Like out loud. <laughs> Not just in your inner thoughts. Amazing and perplexing. Anointing the newly baptized and affirmed with holy oil. Living into the conviction that all of this, all of it, is important enough to engage with one another in a year-long process. There are likely sneers in your circle of friends and acquaintances who think that you must be filled with new wine. Drunk. But you are not. I am here to tell you, I am here to tell you by my presence with you that what you have engaged in 
through the living grace of our creator and redeemer and sustainer, what you have engaged in is nothing short of a miracle. And your visions and your dreams to make it all possible is a witness to the presence of the living Christ among us in the challenging days that we are now living through as North Americans. Not drunk at all, but courageous, visionary, faithful, Courageous, visionary, faithful. Without going into details of the work that I currently do with pastors and congregations across North America, let me summarize that work by saying that I get to a lot of churches. A lot. And here's what I see consistently. And it shouldn't be amazing for a follower of Jesus. But I have to say that it is. It still continues to amaze me that communities of faith like yours who put the word of the living Christ at the center of their shared lives are, in fact, doing amazing, wonderful, life-giving things. In their towns and in their cities, in their denominations, in the world. Congregations like yours who have intentionally chosen to have the spirit of Pentecost at the center find that they don't need slick branding or cutting-edge programs to be relevant or impactful in the world or in the lives of people who regularly walk through these doors, whether they've been here a lifetime or they're coming for the first time. Congregations who are centered in the risen Christ have their care for the poor grow out of those convictions that our God is a God of justice. Congregations who are centered in the risen Christ have their care for the earth grow out of their convictions that our God is a God who created all things good and continues to be intimately concerned about the fragile balance that holds this universe in a single piece. Congregations like yours who are centered in the risen Christ have their care for those who are marginalized, Persons for whom our world denies a voice, a dignity, an equality. They, they have their care grow out of their convictions 
That Christ's death and resurrection is for all people everywhere. It recognizes that we are, every single one of us, uniquely created in the image of God. But that not a single one of us is more unique or special in the sight of God than any other. Siblings in Christ, you are living in a Pentecost moment. A moment that you should neither neglect to celebrate nor fail to see as a new beginning, not an end to all that this last year has allowed you to experience. And like any fleeting holy moment, like the one those first disciples of Jesus experienced, like the rush of a mighty wind filling the entire household where they were gathered, this fleeting holy moment I'm sure feels for you a little dreamy, a little hard to wrap your heads around, a little like something hard to recreate about to slip through your fingers. But believe me when I tell you this. Believe me. There are others beyond these doors that are waiting to hear what you have heard. To taste what you have tasted. To belong in the way that you belong. They would give anything to join in your vision and to hitch their wagon to the star of your dreams, Jesus Christ. They might not act like it at first. They might not tell you that at first. They might come late and leave early. But they're longing for something more, something deeper. They want to know, just like all of us want to know, that somehow our lives eternally matter. Pentecost is not a day. It is not a season. Pentecost is a way of life. It is a way of life to which Jesus has called you has called all Christ's holy church. And it is a way, a way of life that through you, Christ will continue to call others until that day when everyone, 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 
who calls on the name of the Lord will find their place in the saving waters of baptism and in the beloved community of Christ through whom Jesus continues to breathe that life-giving, resurrected spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.